Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. As Americans have become more health conscious in recent years, they've begun to pay more attention not only to what they eat, but also what they drink. And that's created opportunities for local entrepreneurs who are building businesses around healthful beverages. Joining me today to talk about this is Ash Shukri, the owner of The Big Squeezy, a local chain of shops that sell cold-pressed juices and smoothies made from fruit and vegetables grown on the company's farms in California and North Carolina. Ash opened the first Big Squeezy in 2013 in the Perkins Road overpass area, and in the years since, what looked to be a really risky concept in a rather conservative market has taken off big time. Recently, the Big Squeezy opened its eighth location in the Bocas Shopping Center. Ash is a native of Monterey, California, the mecca of smoothies and health food, and he's been in the business for years, and so it might surprise you to know that he considers Baton Rouge to have some of the most health-conscious people he knows. That's certainly refreshing to hear. Ash, we're glad to have you here with us today and look forward to hearing your story. Thank you. Thanks for being here. And with me and Ash at the table is a young man whose business revolves around something not so sophisticated as smoothies and cold-pressed juices, but just good old-fashioned water. His name is Jason Cheek, and he is the manager of True Blue Water, a new company that services businesses and residential customers in the capital region with water from the nearby Kentwood, Louisiana aquifer. True Blue is owned in part by Jason's wife, Amy, who had long wanted to get into the water bottle business because she saw a need in this market for competition. Jason calls himself the water boy, which means that he's the manager and that he delivers the five-gallon artesian water bottles, the 16-ounce cases of water, the water coolers, and the electrolyte replacement drinks that the company sells. Jason, thanks for being here today. Thank you. I really uh, 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 appreciate it. <laughs> Great. Well, Ash, let me start with you. have to ask the name, the big squeezy, cute, no question, but, you know, it's, it's a little bit corny, never thought it would work and it has really caught on. How did you come up with the name The Big Squeezy, especially because we are in Baton Rouge, not in New Orleans, The Big Easy? Good question, Stephanie. I actually didn't come up with the name. Okay. The name was started by, there was five other business partners that decided to get together from you know, different places in the United States. Two of them came up with the idea of using The Big Squeezy with the playoff The Big Easy out of New Orleans. I came aboard in 2015 as a general consultant of the company and then somehow found myself running the company. <laughs> now your background was in the juice business or the My organic farming. farming business? Yeah, farming. Oh, yes. Actually, I was involved in conventional farming for over 20 years in Northern California in a little town called Monterey, which is actually next to a town called Salinas, California, right. which is the produce capital of the world. Okay. We have the strawberry capital, the artichoke capital, the lettuce capital, all within a 20-mile radius in Salinas Valley. 
So interesting. All right. Well, I want to hear more about the juices and, and how you use those fruits and sure. vegetables in them. But Jason, tell us a little bit about True Blue because you're a, a very new company and y'all just sell good old fashioned water, as I say. But you follow also a good old fashioned model, basically. I mean, you're you're supplying companies and businesses with those big water gallon, uh, yes. five gallon bottles. Uh, yes, ma'am. We um, I was working for a very large water company for a very long time, and um, we just thought it'd be a great idea to have some competition in the market. So me and my wife, we've always wanted to own our own company. And her bosses one day, they said, Jason, why don't, why don't we just sell water ourselves? And, you know, we thought about it. We did a whole bunch of numbers, sat down. And uh, the hardest part was to find someone to bottle for us. So we, you know, Amy went out and contacted as many people as we could. I mean, there was about eight people around the area that say they bottle, but they wouldn't really bottle any water in a five gallon for us. So we found a company out of Kentwood, Louisiana named Mountain Brook Water. They've been delivered underneath the name Aquiana in several big cities in Louisiana. They agreed to bottle for us and our cost is low so we can pass it on to the customer and provide excellent quality water coolers and, and service. You said she wanted to address the fact that, that you know there wasn't any competition in the market. And of course, when we think of Kentwood, everybody knows Kentwood Water. That's the big name here. I mean, is that was that the only player in the Baton Rouge market? Uh, there's several. There's a, a Culligan is a bottled water distributor, and um, they focus mainly on purified water. I think they do pretty much all the operations there. They purify it, put it in the bottles, and send it out. So what we do is we actually provide artesian water from a 660-foot well in Kentwood, Louisiana. Um, it's a, everything's processed there on site and then shipped to us on big 18 wheelers to our warehouse. Ash, um, tell me a little bit about, you know, speaking of, of delivery and supply chain, the fruits and vegetables that you all grow in, in California and North Carolina, you bring them here. And that's what you use to make the juices that we drink at the Well, we don't grow any fruits. Okay. Yeah, so we're still, um, we're not 100% vertically integrated farm. So we grow kale, we grow carrots, we grow um, beets. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also grow broccoli, celery on the ranch. We also have three acres of um, herbs, which are, um, we grow some, you know, things like sage and tarragon that we would send to a salad plant if we wanted to. Lemon balm, milk thistle, valerian. These are the things that we would like to infuse into our juices here in the future. So growing in Northern California, especially organically, is, is more complicated than you can imagine, I, um, I can especially imagine. because <laughs> of labor in general. So um, we have a nice operation. Um, the North Carolina part of it is actually Vineland, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and slowly maturating to Florida. So we don't do any growing in North Carolina. We could possibly do that in the future, but it's all California. And uh, now we're starting to venture into Vineland, New Jersey, where we picked up a new grower, Mike Octavio grows organic blueberries blackberries uh, next week we we head down to fort myers florida where we look at some citrus ranches that he's picked up so we feel like it's a good partner to, to come into our program as we expand right, right. and um so i think the company is going to have some new some new product and we're going to be a little bit more vertically integrated and that's fascinating and and your juices are made from a cold press which i remember a while back originally reporting on y'all sure you explained that a cold press is different than just a, a blender or... Yeah, so um, because it's not a visual conversation, mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of give you the best um, idea if we can if we can kind of picture this. Picture a, a big metal machine, you know, a two-by-four type block area that's like the Terminator. It's got this hydraulic <laughs> press. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, picture sticking um, fruits and vegetables inside of that press. But once you grind it, there's a grinder built inside okay. that grinds the fruits and vegetables. The pulp is actually taken into a bag. That bag is lifted and put into a press that presses it's over a thousand pounds of pressure, PSI. Wow. And you're leaching all the juice and nutrients out of the pulp into a big trough, which um, we fill up, you know, we fill close to a thousand bottles a day. So when you take that pressure and you, you force all the nutrients and you leach everything out of the, um, the, the fruits and vegetables, you've got just raw juice. We take that raw juice and then we bottle it. We take the pulp, which has no more nutrients, and we basically dump it. There's other ways that you can take the pulp and probably put it back into the ground, but all the nutrients and minerals have been leached out of it, so it's really no good. And it's healthier to do it that way than to just, you know. It, it is a lot healthier because think of your system as you're digesting. We're going to have a nice little lunch today, but when we're done, we're probably going to feel a little tired because all the blood in our stomach is going to kind of rush to our colon and start digesting that food. What happens is when the blood rushes away from your body, from your central nervous system, you tend to get a little tired or lethargic or you want to take a nap after lunch. When you drink juice, the raw juice goes into your system, goes right through your liver. It doesn't require a lot of blood, a lot of effort from your body to digest, so you don't feel as tired. So when you drink the raw juice in general and your body's not having to digest the pulp yeah, yeah, or yeah. the food that we're eating, it makes it a lot easier to recover. Excellent. Okay. If that makes sense. No, that makes great sense. And I always get tired when I eat, even if I don't eat a big meal. So right. I, I think I need to go to the all-juice diet. And I've thought about it, but it's very expensive, honestly. I mean, the big squeezies pricing is expensive. Is the, that because the raw materials are so expensive? Yeah, because, and you know, it's a good And it certainly doesn't seem to have dissuaded your clientele from... You know, it's, um, when you think about it, the actual process of the machine in general and the labor involved, it's pretty intensive. Mm-hmm. Um, Keep in mind, the commodities that we use, we're not a 100% vertically integrated company. So we don't grow the citrus. We don't grow the apples. Those come from different areas. Mother Nature dictates supply and demand. So if the market's up on apples or the market is up, let's say it's $50 a box today or it happens to rain up in the state of Washington and the market goes to $70 a box, that fluctuates the price of your commodities. Whereas um, if you dealt with just a general commodity that the price the price didn't fluctuate, you can control it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So your price gets intensified. The labor in terms of getting it from one area to the next is intensified because you're dealing with commodities that are grown all over the United States, sometimes all over the world. Some of the pears that we get are grown in Argentina. So right. it's hard for me to get down to Argentina and buy a ranch, so we're going to have to rely on pears where we phase it out of our, our skew and we don't use it as our ingredients. So, yeah, it can be really labor in price sensitive when it comes to this product. So that's why the price is where we, where we are. But we think somewhere down the road, once we can, can become vertically integrated, we can control all of these commodities and the pricing, and then we can be a better, um, maybe a little bit more efficient for our customers. Well, they certainly are good. Thank and, you. And it's not keeping people away. Tell us about your cost structure, Jason, because you mentioned that you all are able to provide your water at a lower cost than the competition. How do you do that, especially being a new company and not having the economies of scale that a big competitor might? Well, basically, we buy in bulk, and our overhead is much less. We, uh, we only have one water boy right now, so I'm pretty cheap. <laughs> right. Uh, we don't have a lot of employee costs, in other words? Yeah, we, we have a warehouse that's real modest off Choctaw. Uh, it's, it's a very affordable business for me to operate, so... Mm-hmm. Maybe in the future I'll, I'll raise my prices a little bit, but I just I've never really wanted to be a 
super duper multi-millionaire. I just want to <laughs> have enough money to send my kids to a good school. Sure. And and is the water that you all are supplying is or that you are buying from the supplier to to deliver? Is it different? From the water that say the Kentwood sells, or does that all come from the same Kentwood aquifer in Kentwood, Louisiana? It's it's all the same aquifer, okay. and uh, the process is kind of similar. It's filtered, ozonated, mm-hmm. put in a bottle and sit back out. But what's kind of cool about us is the person who actually takes the bottles off of my truck at their facility, he actually smells each single bottle, looks at the bottle, puts it on the conveyor belt, goes down a line, gets decapped, recapped, uh, rinsed sanitized and then filled back up and then actually another person actually takes that bottle and puts it back onto another rack so it's a it's a very humanized effort versus some of the companies are large and there's so many machines involved that sometimes things slip up and you might see something floating in a bottle but you'll never see anything floating in a bottle from us it's all Filtered, yeah, it's <laughs> and clean. Filtered, clean, and, and there's human eyes on it and, every and step. And by hand, and so you're basically the only company employee right now. Pretty much, yes, ma'am. Pretty cool. Okay, I'm Stephanie Regal. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm talking to Jason Cheek of True Blue Water and Ash Shukri of the Big Squeezy. Ash, how many employees are y'all up to? I mean, we I have over 35 employees now, and eight stores. Eight stores. We just opened up our um, eighth, seventh, right. and our eighth one opens up um, in the next month. Okay. Which is on government. Your growth in the past, like just two years, has been pretty, pretty fast and aggressive. I mean, you yes. had that first store for a couple of years, and then there was a the second store. Right. And now all of a sudden we're up to eight. Yeah. What's Why? the What's the model there? What yeah. Happened? What's the plan? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm from um, Northern California. Thought I would stay in Northern California. That's my home, and. Um, when we had uh, another partner involved, we thought that, um, and I thought that we could grow um, substantially, maybe from one to two to possibly four stores with, with the partner that I had. But, um, you know, as, as, as you grow with partners, sometimes um, your other partner might not have the same vision that you have. And, and I felt that maybe our partner at the time wanted to, to do some other things. They had some other goals and personal achievements they wanted to, to go through. And so um, I decided to invest and make the change to, to really dedicate myself to coming here. Mm-hmm. And by doing so, there was no other way to recover some of the um, some of the debt that the company incurred before I took over was to just go all in and dedicate yourself to a program and say, "Look, we're going to go bigger now. Go we're home, in right? exactly." So it's that attitude. And I believe that in Baton Rouge, the way that the the city Baton Rouge is a is a, is a really unusual city to really kind of nail down because you don't have an industrial side to it except for the outside of Baton Rouge that has always been here and I'm talking about the oil refineries Um, exactly the residential side of it just keeps it seems to keep expanding I think you and I have talked about it Mm -hmm. the demographics um, the the template of the city doesn't have much room to grow but it still does it kind of forces its way out and So I think when you and I first chatted, we talked about, you know, how could we grow and what general locations could we expand into? I think that you have to get to the people versus having the people come to you, um, obviously because of traffic. I, sure. I think there's more traffic in this city than there is in Southern California at times yeah. because at least you can migrate to five different highways. Where right. here you can <laughs> migrate to the side of the road and pull over <laughs> until the traffic dies down. Yeah, I, don't, I don't buy all the reports. Right. So a lot of our... Um, uh, substantial growth is just 
because we're just getting to the people. And so we have small satellite stores like we do at Mathurin's downtown. Sure. We have the Alexander Supermarket, which is a nice store because it's all the way out on Highland and Perkins. And then um, there's talks about possibly going um, all the way down Airline into Prairieville. And so. might you ever get into the Big Easy? Um, we actually have a store that's being remodeled right now. Okay. And it's it's in its 16th month. Wonderful. Then you <laughs> so have it's an one older store, yeah. Did not realize it's on St. Charles, 307 St. Charles. Does the traffic um, bother you as a, as a delivery boy, Jason? How, does it hold you up or, or make it difficult to get to your clients? No, I'm, <clears throat> I'm very efficient. I, I know the traffic <laughs> patterns. So if you're going to be in Port Allen or Plaquemine, do not be past 3 o'clock because you'll get stuck. So. I um, like to start early and, and finish early so I can I can beat traffic and get home to them little kids. And I suppose you plan it out so you're in one part of town in a oh, yes, particular ma'am. If, day. If, or, if I'm in Livingston whatever. one day, I'm in Livingston one day in Port Allen. So I'm pretty widespread, but I'm very efficient with my deliveries. You start your residential early, work your way, 9 o'clock, do your businesses. And if you, if you run a little late, you can catch more residential after. Sure. It's, it's well, let's switch gears away from business for a minute. This is a part of the show that we call Another Great Idea. So maybe you've got a friend who's always got a great idea for you. They tell you about a job to apply for, or somebody you should have a cup of coffee with, or a great investment opportunity. And you can take advice like this, and it might turn out to be great. It might turn out to be a disaster. Sometimes you miss out on a great opportunity. Can you think of a situation like this, and did you take the advice, and how did it turn out? <laughs> Who wants to go first? I'll go first. So, um, growing up as a kid, my grandpa told me so many different crazy, crazy things. Uh, one, but one of the ones that really stuck with me was, um, if you find something you really enjoy, stick to it. Uh, when he was a, when he was a young man my age, he worked in an oil field at, on a rig, and he worked his way all the way up to second of command. And one of his friends had a brilliant idea. You're, you're great at speaking. You love people. Why don't you come sell life insurance with me? <laughs> And he tried it, and he did so-so, but then a family came along, and, and his so-so up and down, he couldn't really afford his life. So he started driving trucks, and until a few years ago, he, he did that his whole life, and he just never enjoyed it. He wished he would have stuck with the main thing he did. So when I started delivering water years and years ago when I got out of the military, I, um, I just enjoyed the customer relations. It, it's such a simple business. There's an empty water bottle. Here's a full one. <laughs> Uh, man, how, how, the Saint, man. how the Saints do this weekend? Oh, they did great. Who that? Who that? You know, just, just having, a, <laughs> having a great time with customers. When you're in the elevator, you go into the seventh floor, you tell them, I'm going to, I'm going to number eight, and if they only got seven floors. Just right. having a really good time. So I enjoy the delivery business, so I plan on sticking with it for a long time and having my employees also keep our customers happy and having a really good time. The, if you're at work, you should be having a great time with your customers. There's no reason not to. Life is way too short to not have a, a blast. Certainly a great attitude to have. What about you, Ash? Advice that you took, didn't take? How did it turn out? No, I, there's, I, I can fill up a, a book this, this size of a Bible. It's amazing. Um, you know, we, we, growing up, we, get, we always get advice. You, you as yourself, and, and Jason, we always get tons of advice from people, and sometimes we kick ourselves for not taking it. And sometimes we, we embrace it, and we're glad that we did take it. Um, I think the spirit of negotiation is probably the best advice I've received, you know, over the last 20 to 25 years when I got into sales and I got into the produce business. Mm-hmm. I learned that, um, you know, and I learned it young, I think, 
probably just as I graduated from college, venturing into Mexico, negotiating for the first time <laughs> on buying a blanket. Instead of paying 10 I probably played $4, which was probably a dollar higher than I should have. Right. But, you know, I learned from my superiors and my bosses at the time when I first got into business that don't always accept the first thing that's given to you, and that's always a price or the volume. Negotiate everything you possibly can because you'd be surprised what you can get with, uh, get away with. And that's one thing. The other thing is when you negotiate, um, timing's everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've learned as I've gotten older that sometimes when I felt like I'd missed out on an opportunity that I thought it was the end of the world, whether I was 14 and I didn't go to the eighth grade dance and I thought it was the end of the world, or um, when I was 22 and missed out on a real estate purchase that I thought would be the end of the world if I didn't get it, there's always going to be another opportunity. And so don't feel like that one opportunity that got away could have been a pretty good one, but just be patient, think about it, and always realize that you have the negotiating spirit on your side if you, if you can get it to your side. And everything's negotiable, whether it's bottled water, whether it's juice, whether it's getting it there on time, whether it's purchasing something, or even negotiating your time and space that you have throughout the day, it's always negotiated. So that's Great the word advice. that I live by. How is it negotiating down here? I mean, the business climate in South Louisiana, no question people are friendly down here. And you probably see that all the time, Jason. But is it different doing business here than it is in, in California, Absolutely. Absolutely. Better, worse? I would definitely say that. <laughs> I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and some of the podcasts, they say that the number one salesman is the closer. He's the person that goes in extremely aggressive. He gets the deal. He negotiates, and he closes. But I'm finding, I think, personally, Louisiana is the person who goes in with the relationship building skills that can talk to the customer, find out their needs, mm-hmm. offer them a quality product. For you know, they might, they might pay more with you. They might pay less. You never know. But if you're friendly and you, you, you promise them a great product for a good quality price, you pretty much always get the business. That's what I've noticed. I have to agree, with Jason. I think Stephanie, just like you mentioned, there's a big difference in negotiating in the South versus negotiating. In California and negotiating in the East Coast, I started in the East Coast. Most of my clientele. That's probably brutal. Very brutal. It's brutal. Most of my clientele is New York, uh, the Bronx, uh, Boston, <laughs> and New Jersey. And still New That's Jersey tough, with my other two companies. And uh, keep in mind, when you're in California, you're three hours behind. So you get a call at 6.30 in the morning. It's 9.30. They've already had their fourth cup of coffee. <laughs> They're looking for their produce truck. Where's my broccoli? And it's usually in this tone. Hey, dude, where's my broccoli? It's got to be here like ASAP yesterday. I'm going to cut your bill another dollar. That's another $1,200. So, you know, that's where the negotiating comes in. What I've learned about the South, though, it's pretty much the same. It's just a different delivery. And it's kind of like, yeah, you know, we can take that load of strawberries. But, uh, yeah, if it gets there, you know, no big rush. But, yeah, we might have some issues if it does arrive. Which means it's the same type of response <laughs> right. you're going to get from the East Coast. They just say it's it just nicer. a different delivery. So they you just... end up hanging up your phone, realizing that you got to grab that invoice and be prepared. <laughs> but yeah, you know, they're, it, they're different landscapes, but the people are all the same. It's just a completely different delivery, I think. How do you all, and this is a good question for both of you, how do you gauge your, your production needs? I mean, how do you know how much water to bottle how much, and certainly with the juice since it has a, a, an expiration date how do you know how much to produce you know reports believe it or not you know when I first got involved in, and I was dealing with the previous owners there was always this question mark in their head of what to buy what to produce where to get it how to do it and and, and I said just look at your history I mean you have a you have a, um, a POS system that gives you information let's look at what we did last year at this time 
And believe it or not, history always repeats itself. You get your best information from the statistics that you get with your POS material. And I know Jason could agree. You know, you're going to have seasonality to your sales. Right now, Q1, quarter number one of yeah. 2018, is a great time for all of us because the economy's good. We don't have statistics on that other than when the economy's good, people spend money. But we do know that it's, um, it's the start of the new year and everybody wants to, to eat right and be healthy. So we know that the juice business is definitely going to be busy. The bottled water business is going to be busy. So we ramp up and we amp up for this type of business for quarter number one. We know quarter number two is pretty good because it's the start of spring. Everybody wants to look good and they <laughs> want to cleanse. It's time to go to the beach, get in their bathing suits. So we basically base everything on statistics from the previous year. And we take a look at where that progress is going. Our business, we try to be as proactive as possible, but it's reactive. Mm -hmm. um, people can come in. Our customer base is building. We're opening new locations. Um, people can just come in and say, hey, look, hey, I've heard about your this new juice company. Heard about you all. We want to come on in, drink right, and be healthy. So we have to be reactive. I'm curious if your existing stores... Where, which one is the strongest? Uh, Our Perkins location yeah. is the strongest, surprisingly, because when I first got involved, the biggest complaint from the previous owners was, we're too high, we don't have any parking, and everybody wants to go to a drive-thru, no one wants to come in. I didn't believe that. It didn't make sense to me. I felt that this is a pretty healthy you know, environment. But I it's mean, a it's, cool, funky neighborhood, too. I know it, the neighborhood well, and there yeah. are a lot of people, and they like to walk, and... A lot of professors, they LSU do. people live around they there. They do. But what do, what do we have most in that area between 430 students? and 630? Students, but a lot of traffic. You literally can you can create your own crosswalk because the traffic's so bad. And right, people right. are slowing down. People are looking. And people like to eat, believe it or not. We have a sushi bar next door. We have Jimmy John's next door on the right. So people like to come and eat. They're going to see you. You're visible. Jason, who are y'all's customers? Mostly small businesses? Uh, it's, it's, very, it's extremely varied with us. Um, some of our bigger clients are uh, Workbox, St. Gabriel Tank Wash, Regent Chemical. Uh, we just signed up all the citizens' banks in town. I had a very uh, big meeting with a potential chemical plant uh, this morning uh, to review some documents about a, a bid we put in. So that would kick it to a whole new level. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. It, it, takes a long, it takes a little while to get a little traction and to let people know we're the real deal. But uh, like with us, inventory is super simple. It's all about stock rotation. Uh, bottled water typically lasts for a minimum of two years in a good environment. So as long as you rotate your bottles in all of your facilities, you're fine. Uh, and what's really cool about our, our bottled water, the True Blue Artesian 16-ounce, is we put a, a best buy date on there, which was the date it was bottled. And you'll, you'll never see a bottle more than two or three months old because obviously we're, we're kind of small right now. But our water is, is made on demand, kind of right. like a chicken finger at, at one of them awesome <laughs> okay. places like Cane's. When, when I call my supplier, I say, hey, man, I need, I need a, a truck full of 16-ounce. They bottle it on the spot so it's not sitting in a big warehouse for months at a time or years at a time. That's great. Kind of like the big squeeze. You know, you're providing fresh, quality products delivered ASAP. Well, Ash Shukri and Jason Cheek, it's been so interesting to hear about businesses that are keeping us hydrated and healthy and powering the local economy. So thanks for sharing your stories with us today. Thank you, Stephanie. Thanks appreciate your time. Great having you on Out to Lunch. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Ash Shukri of The Big Squeezy and Jason Cheek of True Blue Water. 
The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our It's Baton Rouge Facebook page. You can hear this show and past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsbatonrouge.la. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitchell's music is available wherever great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. And by Shewerton Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. 